Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and today we're catching up with Tony Meritado, right? Did I you get got that? it, you got okay. it. And we talked to Tony a few months back to hear about his uh, really portfolio of sites, but also using his expertise as a professional to earn money and take advantage of the expertise, authority, and trust that Google wants you know, website owners and webmasters to have. We're going to get a, kind of a full um, update on most of his sites, but we're mainly going to focus on a site that he purchased very recently from Flippa for about $2,200. And we'll dig into the details. He has some pretty lofty goals from where it is now and where he wants it to be, but we're going to dig into it, especially some of the... Um, issues that he's run into. So I'm excited to hear about it. Tony, how's it going today? Hey, Doug, it's so great. Thank you so much for having me back. Like I love watching all of your guests on your podcast and on your YouTube channel. And so I thought so much has changed just in the last couple months since we talked. I wanted to come back and kind of update the audience a little bit. Fantastic. I, yeah, appreciate that. And uh, good to have you back on here. Thanks for reaching out. Now, before we go too deep. Can you let us know who you are and what you do and a little bit about your portfolio of sites and your your other you know business? Sure. So if, if you guys didn't see the first video, we released it sometime around July, but I'm a physical therapist. I'm a licensed physical therapist, private practice owner. I own two clinics here in Ohio. Um, I've been a practice owner for over 20 years. And so right around 2019, you know, I started to dip a toe in the water of moving my business more online, looking at doing telehealth, but then also trying to figure out how I could reach a larger audience. And so I developed my YouTube channels. I started doing more social media and, and it's just kind of blown up with what I'm doing. And one of the things I think is so unique to any healthcare provider is that we are licensed by the state. We are credentialed. And so we have that expertise, that authority and trustworthiness that we always hear about Google wanting, and we're not leveraging that outside of selling our time for money. And so 2019 is where I really just kind of said, okay, I'm going to make this work. I see other people doing it. I want to figure this out. I've been involved in websites since early 2005. Um, but just never really dedicated the time that I started to right around 2019. So that's where I've kind of shifted my focus. And I see the main growth in, in the future of any professional services is really building that online presence. And when you, when you peel it back also, I mean, a lot of SEOs work locally because professionals or business owners are working on their businesses. They should. And then they they need some kind of SEO. They need a website and they don't really know what to do. So it's amazing that you started working, what'd you say, 2005? And then you really sort of, I mean, it took you a little while if you get, it took to, to 2019, but still you made huge progress in a short amount of time. So you have a couple sites that you highlighted before, which you actually revealed um, and people could go check it out. It's Learn Medicare Billing and then Total Therapy Solutions. So can you talk about, where they were when we did the initial interview in July and where they are now. And you could just kind of run down um, exactly what, what the results are. 
Yeah. So basically, you know, I, I never really took content production seriously. Um, so this year, 2022, I said, you know, I'm just going to buckle down. I'm going to make it work. And I'm sure Doug, you probably have this. There's a lot of false starts. You're like, all right, I'm going to do three articles a day and you get one and then you're done and you don't do anything for two weeks. Um, so basically what's been going on is my total therapy solutions, which is like my main business website that's also focused on total knee replacement as a niche. Um, it's grown about 23 to 27% month over month over the last couple months that I've been pumping out more content. Now, right now that site is still incredibly small. It's my biggest site, but it's very small. It's only got 90 articles that are public, but I monetize with Ezoic. I've got, uh, I think it's generating about $600 a month through Ezoic ads. And then that site is also monetized with Amazon affiliate link. And I mentioned to you earlier today, I, I've kind of made the push. So now I'm, I'm um, in the Walmart network for affiliates and I'm reaching out to, I, I'm in with share a sale as well. So I'm trying to use multiple options for people that land on my more affiliate heavy pages so that they can buy from where they want to buy. I've applied to Dick Sporting Goods, to Best Buy, to all the other affiliate sites. Um, but that site, you know, like I said, it's grown about 20, 20 to 26% month over month. My Learn Medicare billing, which is more geared toward professionals in the discipline of PTOTSLP, that's a much smaller site. We were doing like two, 3,000 page views a month. Now we're up around six, 7,000 page views a month. So it's growing more quickly. Um, I'm monetized with Ezoic. I'm doing about $150 a month on display ads, about $50 a month in affiliate income. But my main monetization source for that is my course. So I teach a live nine-hour um, live course on how to build Medicare, and, and that accounts for about $80,000 in revenue a year. So that's a huge monetization. I also have a couple of small pre-recorded video courses on there. Um, but that's been my primary focus for that site. There are competitors that I've got my sites on that I'm looking at and I'm just targeting in on, you know, what, what's their biggest performing, um, articles, what are they doing and how can I bring kind of my own unique spin and value to that? I'm not trying to copy them, but I'm modeling what they've done. That's been successful. I think that's been the biggest kind of accelerator for me. Got it. And you said it was a live course. So why are you doing it live versus having a, a recorded? Yeah. So this is really interesting. I, I know one of your guests, she doesn't want to do video. She doesn't want to do that side of the course. And um, I appreciate it. I know for me, I tend to follow the, the thought process of Okay, I don't want to create a, a course until somebody buys the course. Once they buy it, then I'll create it. So in January 2019, I said there's a desperate need for clinicians to understand the billing process, especially when it relates to Medicare. So I said, I'm just going to throw out, you know, this idea. Hey, if anybody wants to join me, I'm going to do this over three one hour episodes. I'm going to teach each three, each hour live. We're going to do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 9 p.m. Eastern because my kids will be in bed. And if anybody shows up, it's $300. Um, 
you know, and, and what I had in my mind was that I would do those three hours, I would record them, and then I would sell it as a pre-recorded course into the future. But what I quickly realized was there's already so many pre-recorded courses, even just in my little niche, what I can bring of differentiation and value is I'm just going to do it live. And what I found was that I've been doing it every single month since January 2019. Every single month, I get new enrollments, new members. Everybody gets lifetime access to all of the content. I've got people that come back every single cycle, even though it's generally the same content. I'm updating it. I'm identifying what my students are struggling with, what I might not be presenting very well, and I improve it. And so I guarantee after, you know, 36 rounds of teaching this same course, I'm teaching it better now than I was back then. And so I just found that the real value that people are buying, not so much the information, it's the connection, it's the community. It's almost like a, a mastermind that I'm not calling a mastermind, but that brings people together, allows me to present, you know, live and then do Q&A. Um, so that's been the, the biggest thing. And, and what I've done is I've went from $300 to $500. I've added elements, I've removed elements, I've kind of refined it. Now moving forward, I'm going to chop it again so that instead of raising the price, the actual cost, I'm going to break it from a nine course, uh, nine module course to a six module course for the same price and then break out a separate three hours into a separate course. Because I'm finding that people need certain things at certain times and what I was giving them was too much for what they could handle at the start of their business. So I'm just going to take three hours away and make that into kind of a more advanced course without lowering the price of what I was doing before. Got it. That's a perfect explanation. That was awesome. really good. Yeah. And I'm, um, you know, like most, most things, um, one makes it about themselves. So I'm thinking about my course and I had well, at one point I actually did like a real time, I didn't call it a mastermind either, but it was like an accelerator and it was like five people. We actually met like a mastermind and I facilitated and there was course material that went along with it, but it was like people had to apply to get in. Like it, there were some hurdles, but it was a higher end um, relationship and a higher end price as well. So it makes sense. And it's like, it flips it on its head because you can go to Udemy and buy basically unlimited courses on whatever topic you want. But if you want to get a live one and be able to ask questions real time every week, then you have to hunt around. Like there's probably not that many that you could actually do. So, all right, you made me, you made me flip. I, I was like, oh, why, why aren't you scaling this more? But you have a perfect answer. Okay. Real quick, you mentioned Udemy. I love Udemy. I think it's a great platform. I've shared videos on how I've created courses on Udemy. And just like anything, I'm sure you know, but for the audience, perhaps, um, Udemy is a great place for a $10 course. It's not a great place for a $500 course or a $1,000 course. It's a great place if you don't have an audience, if you're just getting started and you don't have a community that knows who you are, likes you, trusts you. So what I was doing for a while is I'd create a $10 Udemy course. And of course, that would be your lead gen then into um, your higher ticket courses. What's really interesting about Udemy though is my little sites don't have domain authority like Udemy does. 
I can do searches and my Udemy courses will rank higher than my, my stuff on my natural site. Yeah. And so if I really want to try to get something to the top of Google, I might specifically create a little video course, 60 minutes, uh, 90 minutes, put it on Udemy, title it in a way that gets that ranking high in organic search. And that brings people to me. That's been a really popular, successful strategy for me bringing content or traffic rather to my websites. Okay. I may have to try that too. That's pretty funny. Uh, and like knowing what we know about keyword research, we can kind of like sh- shortcut, yeah, yeah. shortcut your way to it. So, and, and they'll pay for ads. They pay for Facebook ads. They'll pay for other ads. I mean, there are some real advantages to leverage on that platform. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. I only viewed it from, as you mentioned, the, um, the price of courses. And actually I just bought like three courses on Udemy for, I think like 10 to $12 because they had that, whatever the 90% off sale. So (laughs) yeah, basically, um, just if you have a, your eye on a course, you could just wait until it's on sale and then you're good to go. So do you price it at like $10 or very cheap upfront just so people will, um, hop in and take the course. And then you're like, if you know, head over to my website also, or. So, so two things about that. One is Udemy has a really powerful tool. If you have an instructor account, which is totally free, you can go in there. You could look at the way they use their tags, their, their keywords. You can see what courses are doing well. You can see what the top uh, revenue generating course is. You can get a ton of information from that. Um, they, they kind of set their pricing based on the length of your course. So I always try to shoot for 50 to a hundred dollar retail value that we know that they're going to sell for $9 and 99 cents. And I'm fine with that. I personally choose intentionally not to offer a free course because I heard you talking the other day about email opt-ins. I don't want poor quality leads. I don't want somebody who's just going to take a course for free and then never do anything with it. So even at a $10 price point, it's totally worth it. My revenue on a $10 course on the Udemy platform is about three bucks. If they sell it $9 and 50 cents, if I sell it using my links. So I've, you know, in the last 12 months, I was just looking the other day, I think I generated like 12 or $1,300 from courses that are just sitting on Udemy. That's an extra 12 or 1300. I wouldn't have had otherwise. Got it. And I didn't even realize if you sell it, then you get, you know, you get your affiliate commission instead of their marketing budget, which makes, I mean, that makes sense if you could bring your own audience uh, to the party. Okay, cool. Great tips on off topic uh, areas here. So, all right, but I'm learning a lot. Anything else before we launch into the site that you picked up? No, I'm excited to talk about this because this is a completely new endeavor and I'm most excited to share my my failures and my mistakes. <laughs> okay, so before we hear about the details, you have these two websites, which are profitable. You have an online course business. You have your own practice, right? Right. With employees there. Right. You, sound, you have a family. You sound kind of busy. So why in the world are you doing this? Like what drove you to do this? So I am a creative at heart. Like, I I don't know if we talked about this on the last interview. When I was in high school, I went to a visual and performing arts high school. 
Um, you know, I just love creating. I, I don't care about the money. I don't care about anything else. I just love the creative process and I love learning how to create new things. And so when I listen to you and I listen to the, the other people that are out there in this space, you know, obviously the, the thing that everybody's been talking about is buying aged domains and, and skipping the sandbox and trying to speed up the process. So I was like, well, let me, let me keep an eye out. I look at Flippa, I look at Empire Flippers, I look at any of the sites that are out there as marketplaces, and I just keep an eye out for something that might catch my eye because if I could save 12 months and jump, you know, ahead in line, that's what I'm going to do. And while I do, I have an amazing life. I'm so fortunate. Um, I'm also fortunate in the way that I've kind of tried to build all of my businesses to be self-sustaining. So if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, nobody knows until, you know, my family tells them like my, my physical therapy clinic continues to operate and, and everything else is on autopilot. So I, I preserve what's important to me, which is time with the kids and my wife, time to be creative and explore and learn new things. So, so that's why this, this is the next step in my journey. Perfect. And you highlighted something too. So a lot of people do talk about the age domains, but another way to skip the sandbox is just buy a site that already has traffic and has earnings. And that's what you did. So you went to Flippa. Can you talk about selecting the site? Was there something that looked really good with it um, to make you choose it? Was it the niche? Other details like that? Yeah. So my main thing is leveraging the assets that I already have, you know, and I'm like, and I know you've been talking lately about this kind of dichotomy of, well, do I put all of my resources into building one masterful website or do I do two or three websites and what's the pros and cons? I'm like most where I, I get bored, I get burnout if I just focus on one thing. So I like having three or four kind of directions to go. None of them do incredibly well quickly, but, but I enjoy my life and I enjoy that process. So I said, well, let me look. I want a content site. I don't want FBA. I don't want other stuff, things that I don't understand. I want something that I can understand and that's tangible to me. I want something in a relatively related niche. So as a physical therapist, I love sports. I love health. I love movement. And I believe that I can bring value to those, those directions. So I was looking for something in, in that general genre. Um, and what I started to realize was there are all of these niches that there were amazing sites out there, but what I can bring to them is, and, and while we won't um, share the exact site, I'm, I'm happy to say it's in a sport related niche. What I can bring to that is I can bring it an injury prevention recovery perspective to it, you know? So while the site isn't um, football, but I know how football players get injured and I know how football players need to recover. And I need, I know all of these things and most niche sites aren't focused on that specific area. So that's what I did. I said, I'm, I'm going to look for a site under $5,000 was my benchmark just because I knew I could spend $5,000 and not, you know, get my wife angry at me for doing it, even if it was a total disaster. Um, and and I, I just wanted something that I could kind of tinker with and experiment with because I had never done it before. Great. And what was the listing like? Did it jump out at you? Um, did you have a lot of negotiation? Talk about the, the buying process yeah. in general. 
It, it was a pretty smooth process. I, I, so I go probably a couple times a month just to explore. Um, and I'm scrolling through and I see this site and I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. You know, I know a lot of people are interested in this topic. I know it's a popular topic. Like the topics I've been in, physical therapy, Medicare billing, those aren't all that popular. There's not a lot of scalability to those things. So I saw this as a national, nationally recognized sport. And I was like, I could do something with this. Um, it was below my $5,000 price range. Like you said, the exact purchase price was $2,250. Uh, it was listed higher, but it wasn't an auction. It was like a buy now. And so I reached out to the owner and I said, hey, you know, and this is true. I wanted to purchase this site, not just for me, but to involve my 13 year old because he's always looking for projects to get into. And I thought, hey, this would be a great project for him. I'll teach him how to build a, a niche website, blog, make some money. Um, so I told the owner of the site, this is what I want to do. And he, uh, so I, I, I'm going to say I offered, you know, 2000, he was asking 2700 and I figured we'd come somewhere in between. Um, there's escrow.com, I believe is the company we use and they're affiliated with Flippa. What I didn't realize was in order for me to buy the site, it had to be some sort of like wire or money transfer. I couldn't just use a credit card. So although I paid with a credit card, I, I got a, like a 60 or $70 charge on my credit card for the transaction fee. No big deal. But like anything, you know, you see it on the credit card and you're like, oh, what's this? And um, I, I didn't know about that. That was one of many of my mistakes. Okay. But other than that, um, the, the actual purchase of the website was pretty easy. Communication with the, the seller was easy. I, I was happy with that part of the experience. Perfect. And I think, Tony, it sounds like maybe you did research. I think if you wire money depending on your bank, it's like 25 to $35. Right. So it still costs yep. something, but not yep. the credit card fees. So the, the only saving grace and the reason why I went with credit card instead of wire was because I thought, well, I'll get some points from my credit card, you know, and money yeah. back on that. But I didn't realize, yeah, there was that fee. Yep. So yeah, not a huge mistake, but it hurts a little. You could have bought a, <laughs> a dinner or something like that. So, okay. Right. And your, your ultimate goal, we didn't mention this yet, but you're, you want to state what your ultimate goal with this site is. Yeah. So, so, and, and just to back up, so on the listing, the site was a little over a year old. Um, the site was generating just under 2000 page views a month. The site was monetized, but it wasn't monetized with display ads. So I noticed that right away. The only monetization was affiliate. Um, so I was like, okay, there's no YouTube channel, so I can buy this site right now. I can create a Udemy course. And literally that was my first thought because Udemy is an easy platform like we just mentioned. I can put my YouTube channel up. I, I can crank out videos easy. It, you know, I was looking today, I've got over 600 public videos on one YouTube channel. I've got another 550 public videos on another YouTube channel. Those are just the public ones. I've got thousands of videos that are not even public. I can crank a lot of video out and I'm comfortable with video. So I knew that the opportunities were a YouTube channel. This was an easily monetized niche with YouTube, um, a Udemy course just to get something started and then an, a better course after that, put display ads on the site and then switch over the affiliates. So I was like, I can do this. 
Um, my goal, even right now, my goal continues to be, I want to grow it to 3000 profit per month. And I want to try to get a six figure exit, a hundred thousand dollar exit, depending on what multiples are by the time I get there. Um, I would like to achieve that in a 12 month period. I think that's really aggressive. I don't think I'm going to get to that, but maybe a 24 month period. I do think that's achievable. Awesome. And with the goal of the six figure exit, if you have the different monetization that you're talking about, where it's like ads, affiliate, you have a YouTube channel, there's a, a course or two in there too, like yep. that should bump it up pr pretty, I mean, easily just because a lot of sites are just ads or they're just relying on one revenue stream. And I assume you'll have like an email list along with this, right? Right, right. So a lot more attractive and a lot more uh, diversification, less risky. It, it will definitely appear less risky to a buyer in the future. And what I look at too is obviously I look at the competition. I do a competitive analysis to see what other sites are out there. There are no major, major competitors. Like there are sites doing really well. And, and part of the reason why I'm sharing this information is I saw a video that was um, in a site within the same niche from another site owner. And he was sharing his numbers, you know, and, and seeing his sites, what he's producing, like doing some background. I'm like, one, I can totally get there. But two, potentially in a year or two, these guys are all going to be growing. It would be a reasonable acquisition target for one of them to bring in what I'm doing. Yep. You know, and, and so you've got that factor going on. There's no massive media sites in this niche. So I don't have to worry about that kind of competition, a WebMD or anything like that. Um, so I just, I, I think it's a good opportunity and it just kind of fell into my lap. Very cool. Okay. So let's get into some of the nitty gritty. So you mentioned, um, you know, you paid with a credit card maybe close to a wash, but definitely cost you a few bucks. So yeah, what else went on? Let's talk about maybe some of the transition. What's the state of the site? Was the content pretty good? And I'll just let you run with it, Tony. Yeah. So all of the content, there were 30 articles on the site when I purchased it. And, and I did a little math and I was like, well, if I was going to hire a, you know, a writer to write these 30 articles, that would be the cost of the site effectively. Um, the articles are reasonable quality. They're not great. They're not terrible. They're the normal stuff you would see on any kind of niche website that's hiring out the content to be written. Um, one of the things, a big thing, now this is my weakness. You know, the site was built on GeneratePress and I think there was an Elementor component to it or something. Well, I didn't even think. I pretty much only use the Divi theme and the, the Divi builder for all of my sites. I, I wish I didn't. I understand that it's slow. I understand it's got its drawbacks. Um, but that's what I've been using for like 15 years. I don't want to learn a new, new way to do it. Um, so that was something where all of a sudden I've got this site. The, the platform that it was hosted on, the host, um, there was no way for me to like package it and take it off of the host. And I kind of didn't want to bother the seller with this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And this is what I did. I literally went in, I copied every single page from the site, 
I brought it onto a website that I'm not using right now, but that I could kind of host these pages on. And then I transcribed all of those pages using the Divi theme onto the new site that I created. Um, so I literally completely destroyed the, the existing site that I had just purchased and went from scratch, brand new homepage, brand new about me page, brand new everything and all posts, everything new, everything from scratch. Probably a good thing because it allowed me to kind of clean up some stuff and, and everything's really well organized. Um, I optimized all the images. I, I was going to have to replace the affiliate links anyway. So this gave me an opportunity to replace the affiliate links in the process. But oh, I wish I would have thought of that before I actually put the money out. How long did it take you if you had to estimate like hour or week would, wide or whatever? Yeah, it was about a week and a half process total. Okay. Um, I, I was doing like four or five pages a day on, on a good day. Um, I took the site over on a Friday. And so I just worked through the weekend and, and into the beginning of the week. And, and I got enough. Uh, I mean, my my Google Analytics and my Google Search Console went to zero. And then they started to come back up. You know, as, as I got more, I did some 301 redirects for pages that I wasn't going to replicate, but that were still ranking. When I purchased the site, it was at about 360 um like ranking keywords that SEMrush was telling me, then it went to zero. And now we're right now, I just checked before we got on, I'm at 401 ranking keywords in the top hundred. So, okay. Gotcha. I, I purchased a site, um, actually similar size, similar price range and all that. And I too had to do a lot of copy and pasting and it takes a little bit of time. You know, you're done with it now. It took a week and a half or whatever, but yeah. it's just so boring. Like after a little while, you're like, oh, I'm just copying and pasting, but that's what you have to do. So right, certainly a better foundation than having like the artifacts of, you know, whatever page builder was used before. So now it's clean the way you do it. And that's, you know, it's all done. Right. All right. So you said it was only monetized with affiliate before. So was that just Amazon then or? As far as I know, it was just Amazon. Yeah. Okay. And when did you get the site? How long have you had it? Uh, approximately June 6th of 2022. Okay. Was when I took possession of the site and I migrated every, started migrating everything over. Okay. So you have a few months under your belt and so one thing you mentioned is you are going to get ads on there, which you're using Ezoic. So can you tell me about the process of integrating and, and Ezoic is a sponsor. So we'll just call this the ad portion of it. So how is the migration getting over to Ezoic? Any issues? No, now I'll tell you like that was really great. So I already had two sites on Ezoic. Um, they were already monetized. So when I when I brought this site over, one of the big advantages, and I knew this going in, one of the big advantages was because it was a pre-existing site, it was really easy for me to get uh, into the AdSense network, into Ezoic, bring it over onto Ezoic. And what I actually did, now, this is a little thing. I would love to hear your opinion I've always used Bluehost as my hosting platform because it's cheap, right? That's what we all do. Like it's the cheapest thing you could find, but it's slow. It's cheap and slow. What I started to realize was 
I could create the site, build it on Bluehost, and then move it onto hosting on Ezoic. And so with this particular new site, that's exactly what I did. I didn't go through Bluehost though. I went from where it had been hosted. I brought it straight onto the Ezoic hosting plan, which doesn't cost me anything. Um, I do believe it's a faster hosting plan than my Bluehost hosting plan was. And it was already approved probably within three days um, because it had a year and a half, two years of history behind it. So okay. now granted, I mean, I'm only doing, you know, a handful of visits. I just grabbed the numbers real quick. I, I've done $6 in display ad revenue in the last 30 days, you know, just because I don't have the traffic there yet. I, I have done like $25 in Amazon affiliate income from this new site because it is kind of a nice Amazon, you know, appealing niche. There's lots of products that could be recommended. And I make a lot of product recommendations that are products I use products. I have in my clinic products. I record videos with. Um, so I do think that there's, you know, obviously with the helpful content release that, that came out, I think this is perfectly positioned for that kind of stuff. Got it. Okay, and back to the original portion, which, um, you know, the Ezoic. So migrating was pretty easy, got accepted quickly. As far as their hosting, which I'm not super familiar, but uh, Tony, it's like free hosting, right? So they, they yeah. host it on their servers and all that. Okay. And you just, just so your people can know, your viewers, you package your WordPress site. You bring it over, you put it on their server, you unzip it and you're done. You know, it's, it's pretty much like I, I go through cloud, was it Cloudflare? Yep. Cloudflare. Um, yeah. For, you know, some security, but basically I point my DNS to Ezoic and I'm up and running. It, I, I don't know how I do it, but it, do, it does it and it's working and it's been on there since the first day that I brought the site over, like 90 days now. Okay. And it's still the same front end WordPress or whatever. So you log in the Correct. same way. Okay. Correct. And yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, they just have, you know, WordPress servers running and it's probably on the same servers, right? It's probably like Amazon web services, right? Right. Like every, everything is running on those servers, most likely, no and, matter who you're I buying. Use Leap. I use like, Leap to optimize everything. I used to use um, WP Rocket, which was great, but it was a hundred bucks a year or whatever it was. So I use Leap. There's no cost for me to use Leap. There's no cost for hosting on the platform. Um, I am a premium member through Ezoic. And so I can see like... I. I it's just astounding to me that, you know, I can see what Ezoic pays. I can see the the payment I make from the premium account and premium ads. And then I can also see through mediation. Like, so if Ezoic isn't the top payer uh, and, and it goes out somewhere, I can see that too. Like everything is right there. Perfect. And I will have to look at the hosting um, deal. And I wonder if they just like, automatically scale like is your site grows huge but you would imagine right like they're invested in right. your site being successful and loading fast so they want it to work everybody's incentives align so okay very cool and that'll conclude the ezoic ad portion of it so 
you made about six dollars from ad revenue, but it's it's a very small amount. Now, do you show ads on your affiliate content as well, or just for informational content? I do. So I don't show ads on my homepage. I don't show ads on my about me page. Um, pretty much everything is, you know, it's going to have ads, ads between the paragraphs, ads on the sidebar, ads across the bottom and the top. Um, I, I do just because I have not found that now, again, I don't have the kind of traffic that these big sites have. Um, my biggest site will do like 45,000 page views a month, but I just haven't found my Amazon affiliate income to go down when I put ads on those pages. Yep. And I, that was one of my biggest fears for a long time. And I just didn't put ads anywhere, but I too have not seen any issues. And just like you said, you know, maybe not on your homepage, you know, not on any of your sales pages for your info products, right? but just the, the normal content, it doesn't seem to impact it. And maybe it's because if you have the right visitor on the site, like they are, primed and ready to buy something or, or they're not, they're looking at how to informational content. So, okay, cool. And anything else with, um, display ads or like organizing the site or, or thinking about, um, those pieces of migration? No, you know, one of the things that came up recently that I'd never had before, like, I think it was Monday this week, I got a notification from um, Google AdSense saying that there was a violation against their policy. And my heart sank because years ago, I remember somehow malware got onto my site and I had all of these, you know, pharmaceuticals that were being promoted on my pages and I had no idea how to get this stuff off. Um, now, thankfully, more, more in the last five years, I've been using WordFence. I um, I don't know if I picked up the tip from your channel or someone else's channel, but they said, go ahead and switch the login page from the WP-login to something else. So I did that. I used the redirect for that and I haven't had any trouble. So when I saw this email from AdSense, I thought, oh my gosh, th th this can't happen. I've also gone the route of, I buy a different hosting account for every different website. So I'm not sharing accounts anymore. Um, but what it turned out to be was I am in physical therapy, a medical niche. I did have a photo, a real photo of a real knee after knee surgery. Now it wasn't bloody or gory or anything, but it did have some irritated skin. I went in, I removed that photo. That photo didn't add that much value to my content. I uh, submitted for a, you know, check out the site and approve it. And 24 hours later, it was fixed. So ads came back on that page. But that, that was the only thing that I think, you know, viewers, we want original photos. Like I do all original photos, no stock photography. I do all original videos. I do migrate my videos from YouTube over to Ezoic video hosting. And I embed the... Um, placeholder from Ezoic for the video. And I find that the videos just look better and they format better using their player rather than the YouTube um, player. I don't know if I lose any like Google juice, you know, not having an embedded YouTube link, but what I'll do on it on some of my posts and I'm just experimenting is I'll put a YouTube um, video link in the description but then have the actual video hosted by Ezoic. 
So if somebody really wanted to go to YouTube to watch the video, they could click the link, but at least from the Google algorithm, as it crawls my site, it can see this is a link to a YouTube video. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I know that there's, um, there was definitely some thought around like Google owning YouTube and like they would like that, but with monopoly and antitrust stuff in the air, like maybe it doesn't matter as much. So, but it's cool. It, It looks like it's formatted better. So awesome. Okay. And you also mentioned that you put uh, Walmart um, affiliate ad. So any, yeah, anything notable there um, as far as signing up or inserting links or anything like that? Yeah. So I, you know, I had heard for years, but I never followed through that Google would prefer that you have multiple options for purchase rather than just Amazon. Um, so what I had started to do was I said, well, okay, I'm going to give them three options. Even though I'm not an affiliate for these other sites, I'm going to do my Amazon, which is an affiliate, a Walmart, a Target, an Amazon, a Walmart, a Dick's, whatever was appropriate. Um, then I said, well, why don't I just try to apply? So I did, I went to Walmart affiliate. It's through impact. I applied and I got accepted. I got rejected by Dick's. I got rejected by a couple other, like Best Buy maybe, and a couple other big ones, but Walmart approved me. So now, um, and, and I know you're not really familiar with the way Divi Builder works, but basically what I do is I've got a saved module that's got three buttons, uh, Amazon, Walmart, and I color them. So Amazon is the gold and black and Walmart is the blue and white. And if I'm gonna use Target, it's red and white. And I've got a kind of structured already horizontal or vertical, depending on how I lay out the page. So that I just, I throw that module in, I import my affiliate links into it. If I don't have an affiliate link, I don't care. I just bring in a link that's appropriate. Um, and, and that's what I'm doing for all of my newest page builds. I do have, uh, and I'm not promoting this, but I do have um, Amazon. It's some sort of Amazon API that allows me to bring in the Amazon image without violating terms of service from Amazon. Uh, I was like $99 for, I could use it across multiple sites. So I'm using that to bring in the images. But what I found was rank math and, and other tools don't recognize that as an image. So I still try to take still photos and bring those images in while optimizing the alt tags for those images appropriate for the keywords in the article. Got it. Okay. Very cool. And I, I was just over on the wire cutter and they actually, it was on a live stream and Tony, you were there, I think. So they have, um, similar to what you described, they have their feature box and then they had two buttons and they would go to the appropriate places, maybe Walmart, maybe REI, maybe a different place, just whatever they wanted to promote in that particular or for that particular product based on availability, whatever. And the word on the street, I haven't done a study or anything, but because people do have a choice, it does tend to convert better um, in the long run. So there are you know different solutions to do that. And you can you know use a tool like um, I think Lasso, will give you different buttons. You also, right, if you don't have the tool or you don't use Divi, I think you could probably design it with um, Gutenberg, right? Uh, Right. Gutenberg blocks. Or 
you probably can do like snag the CSS code from somewhere, design it, and then you can just copy and paste it like old school way and then insert your links that way. So many ways to do it. A- any other uh, alternatives you could think of, Tony, if people are trying no, to figure out? That's it. That's great. Okay. Yeah. You'd always go to CSS and then you don't have to have an extra plugin that you have to worry with like security issues or whatever. All right. Awesome. All right. And then did you go with um, target as well, or you're just going to take it one step at a time here? I'm just going to keep what I did realize, and this is poor organization on my part was I use one primary email account, but I have to have my email account uh, match the domain and the URL and all the other stuff. That's why I got turned down by some of these uh, affiliate networks. So I'll go back and reapply to some of these that I want to get into and I'll use the correct email and, and do everything the right way. Um, through share a sale and some of those like conglomerates, I don't know what they're called, but where you can go in and pick those, those seem to be really easy. And I found some suppliers within that that are appropriate for the niche that I, I just bought into. So I'm going to start to use some of those affiliate links as well and see how it goes. Okay. Very good. So anything else with the affiliate programs or general monetization before we move on? No, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I, I know one thing that I'm trying to do from my direction, there's a lot of best of and top 10 and, and these kinds of things. Um, I always love buyer's guides. And so I'm trying to build more an approach more from the perspective of how to choose the best X for your you know condition, how to choose the best gloves for catching a football, how to choose the best running shoes for minimalist, you know, joggers how, like that's and, and I'm applying my knowledge as a physical therapist to say, well, if you have this kind of foot or that kind of arch or, you know, a bunion or a hammer toe. Like I'm trying to bring those in and, and incorporate keywords that I think are far less competitive, but I know have reasonable search volume into those affiliate focused posts. So I don't have enough research or data to, to say one way or the, the other, but I'm just trying to leverage my expertise, true expertise in a way that bring value to the reader. Got it. And I'll do a quick little highlight and then I'm going to ask you about the plans coming up. So I'm going to talk to give you a second to think about it. So you bought it for 2200, uh, $2,250. It was a year old, making about $67 per month. Um, During the transition, the traffic dropped to zero because there was like nothing there, but it picked back up. It looks like it's ranking for more keywords than it was uh, before. You bought the site in June and it's now September. So June, July, August. So you're about three months in. Your goal was about 12 months. So you have nine months left to basically hit $3,000 per month. What's in your plan, Tony? What are you going to do? And if you know what order, that'll be great to sort of prioritize how you're going to handle this. So step number one, is continue to grow the YouTube channel that I created for this niche. I've got 17 videos public right now. I'm growing subscribers. I'm growing views and watch time. 
Um, so I believe that I could get that channel monetized. My other channels, my best channels monetized at about a thousand a month. Um, I think I can get this to that. So, and I've asked the people in your world, like, how do you account for the monetization that comes in from a YouTube channel associated with a website? I, I really don't know. But if I can get that to a thousand within a year, which I've done it before, and I think I can, um, I, I think my three prong approach is get my YouTube channel monetized to a thousand a month, get um, a lot more content on the site. So where my other sites, I am the only content producer. This is the kind of site that I can actually hire out writers. I can still produce maybe 20 to 30% of the content, but then hire out the rest of the content um, and then get my digital course. You know, I've created successful digital courses in other niches. This is a very easy one. Um, and, and I think I could get three to five hundred dollar price point digital courses out there to a pretty sizable audience who is involved in this niche, but are also having orthopedic problems related to hips and knees and backs and shoulders. There's no shortage of those kinds of things out there. Um, so that's my three-step approach to go from virtually nothing, which is where it is now, uh, a foundation to that 3000 a month monetization. Awesome. With, I'm, I'm curious about the, the courses on Udemy. How, how does Udemy manage or try to give you uh, guidelines about sending people off of their site, right? So you do want, you're kind of using it as lead generation. They probably don't want you to do that. So how, how do you pull that, pull that off without making them upset? Yeah. So in the Udemy guidelines in their terms of service, there is, there is a clearly identified section that allows you to have a quote bonus section in your course. So if I produce a 12 video course and it's about 72 minutes, I have a bonus section at the bottom. You are allowed by their policy to include external links, affiliate links, anything that adds value to the content of the course but that can also bring people to your other content. You're also allowed through the Udemy platform to send emails to any of the students that are in your course. Within those emails, you are allowed to provide external links and bring them off platform to other content that you have. So those are the two primary modes, the bonus section in your, your actual course, and then access to an email that can go out to all of your students telling them about other things that you're doing. Okay, very good. That's a lot more leeway than I would have expected, but I guess, you know, they are making a lot of money potentially from you selling the courses, so, okay, very good. And on the YouTube side, so you mentioned uh, one of your other larger channels makes about $1,000 per month. Is that mostly from AdSense or do you get pitches for direct ads? Um, often that's a far more profitable way than just dealing with, you know, honestly, it's half the time it's your competitors trying to advertise on top of your videos. So um, yeah, where, where does the revenue come from that one channel? So I'll tell you, there's th three interesting components to that. So all of the thousand a month, which I've been doing a thousand a month for like, over a year now. Um, it's just AdSense. 
That's straight AdSense. I do have Amazon affiliate links in the description of those videos, but my Amazon income is like $200 a month. It's, it's nothing that moves the needle. So the thousand a month is all AdSense. Um, I do a handful of sponsored videos in a year. I don't do a lot. It's not enough revenue to move the needle. I follow um, Owen video. I love the way he approaches like finding sponsors and sponsorships. And he basically says, look, you're selling the video production. So if I do, I'll typically do an unboxing video for a product and I'll do a use video for a product. I have a handful of companies that make physical therapy supplies reach out to me. I tell them right off the bat, it's going to be $500 a video. You have full rights and use of the video. I'll use the video in my clinic with my patients. Um, and, and, you know, I might do one or two every quarter. So, um, but one that I think is super interesting and nobody ever talks about this. So you understand, cause you just said it, advertisers could target your video. Like I could want to run ads to a specific video I'm in the niche of physical therapy in this particular case. I've reached out to other physical therapists and I've explained to them, look, you can run an ad trying to get a physical therapy referral in a specific geography right down to your zip code. I focus on total knee replacement. If you want to be the physical therapist who improves your local SEO, target my channel with your ad revenue. I'm going to get, I don't know, 55%, 60% of it anyway. So it's almost like YouTube is my ad company and I'm going out and trying to tell specific therapists, look, run YouTube ads on my channel and localize it to your community. Don't run a national app, you know? And, and so um, I think there's a huge opportunity there with that. And then of course that leads into, Hey, you want a paid placement on my website? I do this much traffic and all the other stuff. Um, I, I do have a couple connections with some physical therapy equipment suppliers and we're negotiating out some paid placements that don't go through an ad network mm -hmm. that are just dedicated. And I'm creating specific pages to promote specific products based on specific conditions. And so that's kind of where I'm going with this also moving forward. Got it. Yeah, a lot of, lot of info in there. So we probably lost a couple people, but if you understood like what Tony was talking about there, then you, you already know. So very valuable. All right. Well, anything else that you could think of that we didn't cover that I didn't ask or anything like that? No, like you said, I mean, we, we covered a ton of stuff. I mean, I hope people come and watch the video and listen through like you're pre you're providing so much incredibly valuable content and free content. I just want to do my part on my little end. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate that. Always good to catch up with you and we should stay in touch. We'd love to get like quarterly updates, something yeah. like that um, to keep you accountable. That's right. <laughs> I want to see how this turns out and it'll be great. You know, you bought the, you know, if you buy the site for 2,300 bucks and sell it for a hundred K, you know, one to two years later, that's a pretty good turnaround. So it is, I, I just don't see a better opportunity out there right now. Fantastic. All right. Well, where can people find you, Tony? Where do you want them to go? So you can reach out. I'm on Facebook under Anthony Maritato. You can go to my YouTube channels, learn Medicare billing.com or learn Medicare billing or total therapy solutions. And I just try to catch everyone at Doug's live. So if you're, you're there, ask me a question in the comments. <laughs> 
Awesome. Sounds good. And we'll link up for, for all your uh, different locations so people could check it out and the previous interview. So thanks a lot, Tony. And we'll catch up with you pretty soon here. Thanks so much, Doug.